0: THK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Lawmakers from rival camps lock horns at the House Committee. Concerns about its free reusable mask put the government on the defensive. And the jobless rate in the US hits 14.7%. Chaos marred today's LegCo House Committee meeting. Tempest flared as the pro-establishment camp wrested control of the committee to the dismay of their pan-democratic rivals. DAB leader Starry Lee managed to snag the vacant chairman's seat more than an hour before the meeting was due to begin in the afternoon, with LegCo staff forming a security ring around her and opposition lawmakers challenging her authority either walked out or were rejected. LegCo's legal adviser, who said earlier Ms. Lee shouldn't be presiding over the meeting, cleared the way for her to do so by saying the situation had changed from last year after the committee went more than six months without electing a chairperson. The Civic Party's Dennis quox says he's shocked to hear a change in the legal adviser's stance and insisted that the meeting chaired by Ms. Lee is not legitimate. It's absolutely shocking. After, you
1: know, not just the past seven months of holding this view... This is actually the view held by um, the secretary and the legal advisor for the longest time. That we interpret the rules of procedure and the house rules in this manner. And today we see a 180 degree turn on the part of the legal adviser. And I believe that the opinion of Philip Dykes and um, Johannes Chan the correct legal principles and interpretation of the rules of procedure. And I I don't understand how the legal advisor could change her stance like
0: that. DAB lawmaker Holden Chair said he was disappointed with the clashes this afternoon at LegCo and he rejected suggestions that the meeting that Ms. Lee chaired was not legally binding. I definitely believe
2: that the meeting uh, conducted this afternoon Uh, is legitimate and the incumbent chairperson Starry Lee does have the full power and responsibility to convey this meeting this afternoon. And I disagree
0: with the pan-democrats' point of view. The House committee managed to clear some of its backlog, with some bills committees formed to scrutinise legislation in greater detail. But the national anthem legislation was not among those processed. To other news, the government has come to the defence of its free reusable face masks, dismissing allegations that it misled the public while claiming they contain an award-winning anti-pollution technology. The Secretary for Innovation and Technology, Alfred Sitt, says the CU mask doesn't include the the technology because it would not be able to sustain up to 60 washes. And Edwin Kay, the CEO of the Hong Kong Research Institute of Textiles and Apparel, which developed CU mask explained why it's an improved version of the award-winning item. The, the reason why we won a gold medal in Geneva is for the, for the face mask
2: functionality that we brought to Geneva, which was that it is uh, antimicrobial and there's a ASTM level of filtration and that it is reusable and washable. And so this is an improved version of that because we can actually
0: wash this uh, 60 times as opposed to the original Geneva mask, which can only be used for 20 times. The unemployment rate in the United States has hit 14.7%, the highest since the Great Depression 90 years ago. The country shed a record $20.5 million million jobs in April, and economists warn it could take years to recover all the positions lost. The BBC's Samira Hussein reports.
3: The job losses in the month of April alone far exceed those from the 2008-2009 financial crisis, when the unemployment rate peaked at 10%. Two months ago, the monthly unemployment rate in the United States was 3.5%, a 50-year low. With alarming speed, the world's largest economy is now reporting the worst unemployment figures since the Great Depression. The heaviest losses were in the leisure and hospitality sectors, which lost a staggering 7.7 million
0: workers. Trade negotiators from China and the US have promised to create favourable conditions to implement a truce in their trade war. In their first direct contact since the signing of the phase one deal earlier this year, Vice Premier Liu He, US Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin also agreed to maintain communication. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. The police say they've arrested eight of their own officers on suspicion of assault and damaging the property of homeless people. Natalie Ching has details.
3: The arrests relate to an operation in February when police officers attempted to clear a group of homeless people from Tung Chow Street Park in Sham Shui Po. The eight arrested officers are members of the district's special duty team. Another officer was arrested in March on suspicion of criminal damage in relation to the same case. Police say all the officers are or will be suspended from duty. The force said in a statement that it took a zero-tolerance approach to any breaches of the law or discipline by officers, regardless of rank. Police say they investigate all allegations against officers impartially.
0: Two police officers have now been arrested in separate drugs raids and authorities say they may be linked to a record seizure of methamphetamine last week. Yesterday, a station sergeant was nabbed at a Chimshatri hotel, and a 37-year-old officer was arrested at a flat in shepkit May. Officers say they found 23 kilos of ice in the flat. Police say they've arrested 10 people on suspicion of common assault or fighting in a public place in connection with violence at a Lennon wall in Lok Fu. Jimmy Choi reports.
3: Police say in the early hours, clashes erupted between two groups of people on a footbridge connecting Lok Fu Plaza and Wan Ham Estate. Officers say at least seven people sustained injuries to their heads, hands and backs. And one person is believed to have her mobile phone snatched and broken. Later, three Won Sin district councillors issued a statement offering their version of events. They say about 20 people, armed with knives, hammers and shuffles, threatened to clear the Lennon wall and began chasing people to fool Street. Carmen Lau, Jay Chan and Steve Leung alleged that when police arrived at the scene, some attackers were still there, but no action was taken against them.
0: Scores of people chanted anti-government slogans in the Pacific Place shopping mall in Admiralty this evening, despite a sizable police presence outside and reminders by the mall that they may be violating social distancing rules. A woman called Mary says she was motivated to take part in the protest after the events in LegCo earlier in the day.
3: The meeting, the chairman supposed to be Dennis Quoc, and then uh, and then Lee Wai came, just uh, came suddenly and then she sat on the chair and then she began the meeting and we think that is illegal. That is actually straight illegal and we don't accept that. That's why we came here.
0: A study conducted by the University of Hong Kong has found that the coronavirus may easily be transmitted through the eyes. Dr. Michael Chan, who led the research, says that also highlighted the importance of hand hygiene.
2: The novel coronavirus actually can produce more than 100 times more infectious viruses than the SARS viruses in the eye and the upper area. In general, uh, this should pay precaution to, to the hand hygiene. In general, if you actually wear glasses, you will still rub your eye. So we were talking about the viruses can survive in, in, in the surface for quite a long time. So if you touch the hand with the, the contaminated surface and then you rub your eye, so you will get infected chance quite high.
0: The World Health Organization said it could take at least a year to determine the exact origins of the coronavirus. The WHO last week rejected claims by US President Donald Trump that the virus originated in a Chinese laboratory. Evidence instead points to a wet market in Wuhan, but only 65% of early cases had a direct connection to it. Here's the BBC's Imogen Fuchs.
4: What the WHO, and indeed many scientists around the world, say is that they know already that this kind of coronavirus has its natural environment in bats. And SARS, which is the closest virus we have so far to COVID-19, originated from bats, sprang to an intermediate animal and then to humans.
0: The Secretary-General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, says an all-out effort is needed to counter a a rise in xenophobia during the pandemic. Mr Guterres said anti-foreigner sentiment had surged. COVID-19 does not care who we are, where we
4: live, what we believe or about any other distinction. We need every ounce of solidarity to tackle it together. Yet the pandemic continues to unleash a tsunami
0: of hate and xenophobia, scapegoating and scaremongering. 16 migrant laborers have been killed by a train while making a long trek home during the coronavirus lockdown. Many thousands of migrant workers have been left jobless by the restrictions and have been forced to make difficult journeys back to their villages. The BBC's Steve Jackson reports.
5: The labourers were part of a group travelling 150 kilometres on foot through the state of Maharashtra. They'd reportedly chosen to walk down the railway track to avoid getting into trouble with the police for breaching lockdown regulations. After a long day's hike, with nowhere to rest, they went to sleep on the railway track near the city of Aurangabad. They were killed by a goods train just after dawn. Railway officials said the driver had tried to stop, but couldn't save the men. The authorities have launched an inquiry.
0: Severely scaled-down events have been held across Europe to mark the 75th anniversary of the defeat of Nazi Germany in the Second World War. Big public commemorations were scrapped because of coronavirus-related restrictions. Here's the BBC's Danny Eberhardt. It's an anniversary that still resonates, even in these highly constrained circumstances. In Berlin, where the final Nazi surrender was signed, Germany's president, Frank-Walter Steinmeier, expressed deep remorse for the suffering and murder that his country inflicted on millions. But at a wreath-laying ceremony, he drew on the anniversary to appeal for European unity and global cooperation in fighting coronavirus. The disruption it's caused was seen in Paris at a bare-bones ceremony led by President Emmanuel Macron with no crowds. And it's put a dampener on events in post-Brexit Britain, Street parties have been cancelled, with people being encouraged to hold themed picnics at home instead. The German parliament has passed a law banning the controversial practice of gay conversion therapy for children. Conversion therapy claims to be able to change a person's sexual orientation. More details from the BBC's Iron Shippers.
1: It's widely accepted that homosexuality is not an illness and therefore needs no therapy. But some, mainly Christian groups, see this differently and say gay and lesbian people shoot and can be healed. The therapy often includes hypnosis or electric shocks. Critics say the word therapy is misleading as there's no scientific basis for it and moreover, it can lead to depression and even suicide. Under the new law, anyone under 18 will not be allowed to undergo such interventions to change their sexual orientation. Parents and guardians who force their children to take part can face up to a year in prison or a 30,000 euro fine.
0: But now, New Zealand's Rugby World Cup winner John Kirwan has been paying tribute to his compatriot, the former Hong Kong coach George Simpkin, who died of cancer yesterday, at age 77. Simpkin spent ten years with the Hong Kong Rugby Union from 1988 to 1999 and guided the men's team to the brink of World Cup qualification. He was also credited with introducing rugby to the mainland. Kirwan, a World Cup winner in 1987, remembers Simpkin as a coach, was open to new ideas
5: great man george amazing man uh, ahead of his time actually so he was coach that i ever met that was talking about individual skills and people improving their skills and uh, he just had a beautiful nature about him as well so you know he worked for the new zealand rugby Union. early in the piece i first met him around sevens and and it was a lasting effect because he started asking me questions and i'm going nah coach is, don't do that. They just tell you what to do. <laughs> um, but he was what I believe was the beginning of, you know, the skills coach. So he was all about individual schools, individual improvement, had a really neat philosophy on the game. and you know, I used to enjoy sitting down and you could, because you could talk about a philosophy of the game. He wasn't ever set in his ideas. He always thought about what you said and then he might go away and come back and say, yeah, I thought about that. And we might be able to do a few different things.
0: John Kerwin speaking with Phil Whelan and Danny Hicks on RTHK's Morning Brew as they looked back on the life of former Hong Kong coach George Simkin. The Chinese Football Association is proposing pay cuts of up to 50% for players and coaches to help teams cope amid the coronavirus pandemic. It insists the pay cuts are not compulsory and urged clubs and players to engage in fair negotiations. The head of the FA, Chen Yuan also says matches will be resumed on a staggered schedule but gave no specific dates. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Lawmakers from rival camps lock horns at the House Committee, concerns about its free reusable mask put the government on the defensive, and the jobless rate in the US hits 14.7%. The news from RTHK. It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's News Wrap programme. Venues such as bars, gyms and cinemas have reopened as part of relaxed social distancing measures. Restaurant group Dining Concepts is among those reopening its bars this weekend. Its executive director, Sandip Gupta, was asked by Anna-Marie Evans whether he was excited.
6: Absolutely news! Uh, it's been almost more than a month and it's uh, it's great news.
0: So how have you been
7: preparing for that?
6: Well, uh, you know, the very fact that we uh, um, will be opening the doors to our uh, guests and, and it's been um, more than a month and, um, you know, uh, it's, we, we have been actually been raring to go. So the preparation has been on since we've always wanted to um, you know, you know in, I've stayed in Hong Kong for 24 years and this is the first time that we have ever closed down a bar for more than mm-hmm. a month. So, practically, uh, you know, um, uh, we have been wanting to open and uh, the preparation has been there. So, we are very excited that it's opening and we're super ready.
7: How bad have things been for your business? Uh,
6: the coronavirus has been, um, you know, a disaster. Uh, it's, uh, it's affected business uh, in unprecedented ways and it's been really really tough and um, um, you know but it is what it is and uh, Coming down to business, you know, the coronavirus definitely has adversely affected the business, ranging from, say, between 40 to 70
7: percent, depending on the location. Yes, you closed seven restaurants in the past four months. And one of your partners, Gordon Ramsay, also decided to exit the, the Hong Kong market. But do you actually see a recovery in sight? Absolutely. I think, uh, like what I said previously, I, I think Hong Kong
8: is very special and it's one of the most resilient economies that I've ever
6: seen. I've been in Hong Kong for 24 years and I've seen a few cycles. I definitely feel that Hong Kong will recover and recover faster than most other economies.
7: Now the group operates a number of restaurants and bars in Central and Wan Chai, and a few of your bars normally offer live performances. Um, but obviously, you can't do that for now. So, and bars are also required to operate at half their capacity. What sort of impact is that going to have going forward?
6: I think um, uh, the good thing is that we were uh, we are actually able to start somewhere, and you know, uh, in the you know, a lot of decisions that you make. Um, keeping uh, the society and and the bigger picture you know what i mean uh, it's it's um all these restrictions and you know all this, and, uh, you know, all this um, the closure of arts was done with the feeling that everything would return back to normalcy and things can be uh, well restricted. And look, uh, Hong Kong has um, handled it quite well. I think uh, if we look around and uh, this is probably, you know, uh, one of the better places uh, to be uh, living at this moment because there's been absolutely no lockdowns and and things have been almost close to normal. And you see, uh, this is what the coronavirus has brought us over, you know, it's pressed the reset button and there will be new normals moving forward. There will be new adjustments, and and I think we all got to adapt and adjust and move forward.
0: A study conducted by the University of Hong Kong has found that the coronavirus may easily be transmitted through the eyes. Researchers found that compared with SARS, the strain of virus that causes COVID-19 can more readily infect the eyes and upper respiratory airways. Jim Gould asked Dr. Michael Chan the leader of the research team, who is also an associate professor at the university's School of Public Health, how much more infectious COVID-19 is compared to SARS?
2: So when we try to infect the COVID-19 new coronavirus compared to the SARS viruses in both upper respiratory tract and also the conjunctiva, which is the inner lining of the eye, so they actually both they can infect the cells, but the novel coronavirus actually can produce more than a hundred times more infectious viruses than the SARS viruses in the eye and the upper area.
1: So does this mean we should be taking extra precautions to protect our eyes?
2: I think um, in general, uh, we should pay precaution to to the hand hygiene. In general, if you actually wear glasses, you will still wipe your eye. So we were talking about the viruses can survive in, in, in the surface for quite a long time, so if you touch with the the contaminated surface and then you rub your eye, so you will get infected chance quite high. So at the end of the day, I think if you can clean your hands more, more frequently,
1: now, a, a previous study you conducted also found that the coronavirus uh, could survive for many days on smooth surfaces such as stainless steel, glass or plastic, uh, even though we've, uh, as we were hearing, we've had no local infections for 19 days now. Mm-hmm. I mean, could the virus still be present in the environment?
2: I, I, I think if the virus I, I mean, the case in is increasing because they are all important cases, and these individuals are actually not, Easy to go into the community so in general we are pretty safe that the virus probably is not in the community but bear in mind that the viruses may come back one day in, in case of Hong Kong the case is topping down but still a lot of cases worldwide like in Europe in the state so we, we never know when the virus come back so so bear in mind that hand hygiene and the personal hygiene is pretty important uh,
1: Okay, you do see a lot of people wearing glasses, even goggles to protect the, their faces uh, when they're in public places, so, so that's not really necessary?
6: No, I, I
2: think, I think that, that helps too. Uh, what I'm talking about is actually two aspects. For the viruses which have been in the droplets and aerosols, they can actually be eye by the eye protection device. But if, you, if your hands are uh, actually touched touch with this contaminated surfaces and you rub the eye, the hand hygiene is actually very important. So I think
0: both can contribute to the you know, productions.
1: Yeah, so the basic advice, uh, let's not touch our eyes and let's keep washing our hands.
0: Exactly, yeah. Lawmakers have voted against a proposal by the government to provide interest-free loans totalling $1.4 billion to four international schools, to ease their cash flow amid the coronavirus pandemic. They pointed out that local schools need support too. Wendy Wong has more.
3: In a paper submitted to the LegCo's education panel, the government says these international schools urgently need money because of a drop in student numbers and uncertainty over the collection of school fees caused by the class suspension during the pandemic. The money is allocated for Christian Alliance International School, Malvin College, Strewsbury International School and French International School for the construction of new buildings. The government says the interest that will be lost amounts to millions of dollars. However, some pan-democratic lawmakers questioned if it's necessary to use public funds to help international schools. Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Cheung said the government's priority should be helping local schools or special schools with dilapidated premises. He spoke to an interpreter.
1: We see the gap in funding. That is something that is difficult for us to face because we see the government has not offered help to special schools. For these international schools, they are aristocratic schools, so to speak. But we have been very generous to them.
3: Democratic Party lawmaker Ted Choi said while he agrees there should be more international schools in Hong Kong, he questioned if the government is biased towards them. In response to Undersecretary for Education, Christine Choi said officials have to ensure there are adequate international school places for expatriate families who come to the city for work or investment. At the end of the meeting, seven lawmakers voted against the proposal to provide interest-free loans to the schools, with just five supporting it, meaning the funding request won't be tabled at the LegCo's finance committee. The panel did vote in favour of a $60 million extension project of
0: a special school in Chunmun. The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has announced a three-phase plan for the country to reopen its economy by July and get 850,000 people back to work. Mr Morrison said he aims to incrementally reopen cafes, restaurants, gyms and cinemas, allow gatherings of up to 100 people, and permit interstate travel. Australia's success at flattening the curve of new coronavirus infections has allowed it to relax lockdown restrictions. The timetable puts Australia in the vanguard of developed economies emerging from the crisis, having avoided the scale of sickness and death That's ravaged countries including the UK, US and Italy. RTHK's Australian correspondent Jerry Gannon told Anna-Marie Evans what he made of the prime minister's plans. Well,
8: it is uh, the light at the end of a tunnel and we're hoping that it's not the light of an oncoming train. It's a good, it's a good start. The the three-step process gives us hope that we're going to return to something resembling normality. One of the interesting things is that in stage one, uh, restaurants, cafes and uh, and shopping centers will open. That's going to be a massive relief for uh, the restaurateurs uh, who've been out of business. In fact, some of them have actually gone, gone bust. Uh, there's, there's probably some hope of them returning. Libraries will open and uh, local and regional travel will commence. Now, the first stage will see the number of visitors allowed in a home of 10. In the second stage, that will rise to 20. And then in the third stage, it will rise to 100. Now, the interesting thing is that. The states will be allowed to make up their own mind as to when and how they implement these steps. This is a, the federal government's overall um, blueprint, if you like, for uh, for uh, a return to work. It, it's going to be welcome because I, I think, you know, many people are starting to get a bit stir-crazy. Although, you know, the upsides uh, are that there's not so much traffic on the road the air is cleaner. And as somebody pointed out to me the other day, the birds are singing full songs and not just the chorus. So, uh, you know, there have been upsides to, uh, to this virus.
7: Indeed. And uh, but as you say, so each federal government will be allowed to make its own decisions. I mean, Australia has been quite successful in, in turning it around on the COVID-19
8: it has itself in New Zealand where uh, in fact I think New Zealand was probably just slightly ahead um, we, we have actually been quite successful. We've been stringent in terms of the the steps that uh, that we've taken to uh, to prevent the spread of it, and you know people people have been very good about staying home. There have been a couple of idiots and a number of idiots, of course, who uh, decide to uh, to do their own thing, but um, we are, you know, uh, among uh, a small group of nations that acted quickly enough to flatten the curve, you know, so uh, we have that uh, in our favor. So the states will be the ones to get the final stay. And already three states, Queensland, South Australia and Tasmania, they've already said they're going to follow the national cabinet's plans. Uh, Western Australia said they will make an announcement tomorrow and the other states will uh, make their own arrangements in due course, probably The the toughest one is Victoria, which has been very stringent about its uh, provisions. Uh, Mind you, it it has had a number of of, uh, uh, cases today. There were 13 new cases in Victoria, a total of almost 1,500 cases. Of those, 1,300 have recovered. Uh, Four new cases today in New South Wales, none in Queensland, one here in WA. We've broken a a run of five days without a, a, a case And this one case in Western Australia was somebody who had been traveling uh, um, internationally. No new uh, cases in South Australia for a couple of days, one in Tasmania. Now, uh, Tasmania's got a population of only half a million, but they've had 227 cases, of which 175 have recovered. It was actually, you know, quite quite hardly, quite uh, hit, uh, you know, fairly severely. No new cases in uh, the ACT and none in uh, in the Northern Territory. So we're not tracking too bad. And now we can look forward to this. And, and it is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel.
0: US President Donald Trump has always been a staunch ally of his former national security adviser, Mike Flynn. In 2017, Mr Flynn pleaded guilty in a federal court about lying to the FBI about his contacts with the Russian ambassador just before Mr Trump took office. Now, the US Justice Department has dropped the case. The BBC's Cathy Kay has more.
4: The case of Michael Flynn was one of the biggest cases surrounding the Mueller investigation into whether the Trump campaign had unlawful contacts with Russia during the 2016 election campaign. And Michael Flynn had been having contacts with the Russian ambassador to the United States and with other Russian officials, and he didn't tell the White House about it, and he also lied to the FBI about it. In 2017, Mr Flynn actually admitted lying to the FBI... He had been Donald Trump's national security adviser. He was fired as the, as the national security adviser. He was caught up in the Mueller investigation. He admitted in 2017 that he lied to the FBI about his contacts with Russians during the campaign, um, and and he and pleaded guilty to that. Even so, the Justice Department is saying that they feel that Mr. Flynn didn't really fully understand what the FBI um, was asking him and that and th- that's why they've decided to drop this case. It seems quite political. Uh, General Flynn was a-, a favorite of Donald Trump's. Donald Trump today saying that he called caught- describing him as a warrior um, and saying that he felt that he had been unwrongly charged in the first place. So a, a big win for the White House and for Donald Trump um, and more of the po- of the politics of the Mueller investigation which still rippling through the election process here in the states.
0: Those stories were part of the NewsRup program which was broadcast on LTHK earlier this evening. Steve Dunthorn from our newsroom. Hi I'm Lazy Lion and I'm usually quite late back but
7: you can count me in to fight COVID-19. Here are my tips. Don't go to work and seek medical advice promptly if you're unwell. Avoid eating out or going out if it's not necessary. Keep at least one meter apart from others and avoid contact with people who show symptoms. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. These are the tips for us to prevent COVID-19. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. January
8: to December, we'll have moments to read.
0: member. That's the aim of this program with Yostruhul Ray Kudero. Nostalgia until 1am.